This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senior. A dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound, and hey, everybody, today on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, bridge builder, peacemaker, maybe he is a great leader after all, fathead in China, Kim Jong-un. I'm sorry, it's Wednesday. Yeah, um, Beijing spring break. That's what it is, right? Oh, yeah. Instead of going to Daytona yeah. Beach or Lake Havasu, he goes to Beijing for spring break. Yeah, China! Said, said to all his buddies, hey, you guys want to go get some food? Because I have some here. He, um... Probably partying, shotgunning beers, doing handstands on the railing in the balcony of his hotel room. Hitting on hot Chinese chicks. Right. It's Beijing Spring Break. laughing when they reject him. Ah, good times. I should tell my Spring Break story. I always enjoy telling my Spring Break story. This is my fifth year of college because it took me five years to graduate. Uh, I thought degrees are four years. Well, they generally are. Sometimes they are, if you're hurrying through life. Took me five years as a full-time employee my entire way through college. And uh, I had earned a week's vacation, finally, having worked at this radio station for four years. And uh, Good morning, yeah. And I wanted to go on spring break <laughs> now that I was 23. Little vacation, yeah. On the bus to Daytona Beach, a 32-hour bus ride, they called me the old man because I was 23. I was the wow. oldest person there by far. Wow. Most everybody else was like 18 or 19. Granddad. <laughs> Anyway, I'll talk about that later because it was amazing. Uh, Cheat. It, it just the the debauchery, mm. the lawlessness. Oh no, not was that. shocking even to me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that later. I like lawful debauchery, folks. Let's stay on the right side of the law. Now enjoy your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's introduce everybody's squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if? Uh, the North Korean president likes China so much that he refuses to go back. He just says, you know, I don't like it over there. I like it here in China, and I'm, I'm staying here. And they actually have to force him back across the border. So he went in an armored car that I guess his dad and granddad used. That's pretty cool. Wow. Armored train car. Yeah. Which he needs, because there'd be a lot of people wanting to snuff him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was all highly secretive. Including us. Yeah, probably. Unless uh, the word is, or the thought is, he may be coming around to some extent. Then you don't want to trade him for, I don't know, his, uh, his cute sister there, Ivanka. 
I suppose China would get pretty mad if we conducted a drone strike on their soil to take out the North Korean leader. But it's, it's not mm. completely out of the realm of possibility that they would allow it. Get their people out of the way. Uh, yeah, that is conceivable. That's an interesting thought. I mean, they'd probably not like all sorts of instability unleashed right on their border. Mm. Well, yeah, either way. A either war way. between the United States. Look, you don't want war. A war between the United States and North Korea would be a fair amount of instability also. See, that's, True the, that. that's the decision they're facing. Right. Well, I wonder what uh, she said the fat had. You know, we'd have an expert on, but they'd be guessing too, but... And Something it, tells me they didn't just ex- exchange pleasantries and talk about Trump's funny hair. I think yeah. it was a pretty serious sit-down. Well, and is it like talking to a um, uh, a completely rational, intelligent strategist about the pluses and minuses things? Or is it like talking yes. to kind of like talking to a crazy person? I have zero doubt he is a rational actor. None. None. You, none. You don't think he has any w- wild ideas or anything? Oh, that's in, that's entirely possible. I just don't think he's irrational. He is. His situation is so unique. I think he comes off as crazy because he doesn't behave like any other world leader with any because gravitas. He machine guns family members, right? So would I, etc. Label uh, this part of the podcast: Joe Wood machine gun family members. If he had to. Right. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Oh, I have my finger on the pulse of the competitive chess scene as the number three ranked chess player in the world is one Fabiano Carana. He is. Uh, this will be Sean's last show, everybody. Enjoy this. He is facing Magnus Carlsen of Norway yeah. for the World Chess Championship in November. If Magnus he, is the biggest star in the history of chess. Yeah, if, if, if Fabiano, the American, wins it, it'll be the first time an American has been the undisputed champion of chess since Bobby Fischer. And chess, fantastic game. It's a metaphor for life. You got the kings, the pawns, you got that little horsey thing that jumps mm-hmm. over people. What are you, a monarchist? <laughs> so what's our guy's name? Who am I rooting for? Fabiano Caruana. And he's an American? Yes. What? It's because, a melting pot. Exactly. Do Diversity. we allow immigration again? Diversity <laughs> is our strength, man. Oh, I um, see. Uh, duh, so uh, does he have a chance to win, the odds makers? Uh, I don't know what the actual odds are, but uh, he is American, so of course he has a chance because of our fighting spirit. <laughs> right, right, and because God's on our side. Does he have a nickname or anything? Because there's no way I'm going to remember that name. Fabs. Well, the Magnus, they call him Fabs. Magnus has the cool uh, advantage of being named that. And where are he from? French? I don't remember. Russia, something. Uh, like where all your great chess players are from. But he uh, he's very flamboyant or whatever. And, ah. and, and to the extent that anybody ever would know that the, who the chess champion is, he's a, he's a, he's a very polarizing he's figure. He's from Norway. There this is not the Winter Olympics. <laughs> we should destroy you, sir. Stay in your lane. <laughs> if you wear skis to this, it's not fair. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. It is a special day I want to point out for Positive Sean and millions of others because... Today is National Respect Your Cat Day. And according to a news survey of cat owners, 64% of them would rather spend a night alone with their cat than their significant other. Oh, my God. Shut up. And 37% say their cat gets them better than most of their friends. Oh, boy. Sean, do you have anything else with chess on chess? (laughs) Anything more? (laughs) What was that second percentage? You got the bishops. They go diagonal. 37% uh, say their cat gets them better than most of their friends. So more than a third of cat owners say my cat understands me better than my friends. Yep. Boy, if you ever find... 80% of cat owners don't have friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you've ever said that about your cat understanding you, get 30 more immediately. 
you need to have at least 30 cats in your home because you're a crazy cat person. I mean, you certainly you might t- as well go full money. You certainly need to take a look at yourself. I think there's maybe something going on with you, not your friends. I'm thinking maybe that person isn't capable of taking a look at themselves, really. Oh, boy. But their cat can take a look at them. You don't oh, hear boy. that. I don't think you hear that sort of crazy S out of dog owners. Do you? No. No. That's weird. No. My um, dog likes me fine because I feed him and I'm kind to him. Right. And he's a pack animal. Period. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, March 28th already. This month's almost gone. The year 2018. We're setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I don't think he understands my dreams and disappointments very well. (laughs) I've tried to explain them, and he just looks at me. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. The show begins at Mark. Dan? Dan? Dan! (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I thought you were dead. He's sleeping. Why does everybody always think I'm dead? (laughs) Hilarious. Now, if you remember the finale of Roseanne, John Goodman's character was dead, so this was kind of their way to bring him back. And nobody cares. You know, (laughs) why does everybody always think I'm dead? Pretty funny. Uh, what are other? Oh, that's the return of Roseanne Barr, right. which they, she's a Trump supporter, right. as in real life, right. and uh, that's one of the many interesting uh, facets of that working class family dynamic. Jack, the internet harshly criticized the show. Can't wait to hear that. Of course, the internet would harshly criticize a cure for cancer and world peace because the internet sucks. Uh, what other headlines, Marshall? Well, protests continue over the police shooting in Sacramento, California. City council meeting taken over. NBA fans blocked once again. We've got Kim doing Beijing, and your rubber ducky can kill you. Stories coming up, 635 Armstrong and Getty. Not if I kill it first. <laughs> How's the mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's nice. It includes uh, some correspondence from a close friend of the show. Oh, cool. like the sound of that. Yeah, I got Roseanne on the DVR. Didn't see it. Want to check that out? I saw it. I'd be happy to talk about it. Cool. Um, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. First is just absolutely believable. Marshall and having his news in about an hour that Stanford announced yesterday that they're moving into human trials with this cancer vaccine that they're very optimistic about. Wow. A cancer vaccine? Vaccine, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. For huge deal. For what type of cancer? I think all your cancers, just cancer. Wow. Well, even if it's a bunch, that's fine. Yeah, and it uh, could be just, I mean, you know. World-changing situation. Marshall will have that in his news in about an hour. And um, the other one, how to make roast chicken with a hairdryer. Another <laughs> leap forward. Another science story. Right. a time to be alive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried a couple of those things through the years. Uh, how to make burritos on your engine block. Oh, I, had, yeah, I had a buddy who was famous for doing that. Yeah. Mm. Frozen burrito for the uh, from the convenience store. Yeah. And in this scenario, just out of curiosity, what's become of my oven? 
Because it eats food beautifully. Well, in this particular scenario with this buddy of mine, he called me in the middle of the night because he was in jail. Ah. Having been arrested for driving drunk because he was along, he was on the side of the road, side of a country road, driving from one town to another after the bars closed, drunk, um, heating up his burrito ah. from the convenience store on the manifold of his motor. And that's where the law came upon of him. Of his Camaro, yes. Undone by his own hunger. Which I, I remember telling him at the time, <laughs> you need to look at this whole picture and decide if this is what you wanted out of life. Right. <laughs> this whole alongside the road in the middle of the night, heating up a frozen burrito on your engine block. Mm. <laughs> Drunk. Undone by hunger is the chapter <laughs> of my autobiography that discusses when I was 213 pounds. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bittersweet chapter. But anyway, aside from the lawlessness and all that and bailing him out of jail, because I was his boss was the thing. Oh, boy. He called me because he was not going to be able to make it to work. Um, uh, he said it does actually work. You can heat up your burrito that way. It's good to know. Yeah. Mailbag. <laughs> First of all, what kind of a life is that, though? <laughs> Do you leave it in the wrapper? You put it, like, wrap it around a paper towel? Like, I'm, I'm worried about the, the oil is my main concern. <laughs> well, yeah, and the plastic. You don't want to melt the plastic. Right. Um. Anyway. So, a nice note from uh, Tim the lawyer who uh, sent me... This it uh, appears to be a little Homer Simpson doll, maybe even a giant novelty eraser. We all remember those as kids, fun novelty erasers. Maybe you get it in your Christmas stocking. Utterly useless for erasing. Right. That's the problem with these things. It's actually, uh, look at this, it's a uh, thumb drive, if oh, you will, a flash drive. cool. That has a bunch of Hawaiian slack key guitar music on it, huh. which Tim is a great fan of and I'm barely acquainted with, so he sent along his faves. Thanks, mm. Tim. That's great. I will jam that. Uh, flogging a dead stormy is Shane's topic. Da-da-da-da-da. I haven't heard you make your usual point that when both the hardcore porn skank and the softcore porn skank signed their NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, uh, there's no way that they thought Trump was going to be elected president. They were calculating, calculatingly cashing out on an investment that conventional wisdom was indicating would soon drop to zero. And then they had seller's remorse in November. That is a perfect characterization. Sure. The story of Hudson Trump was going to be useless when he went back to being a philandering hotelier. Nobody would care. Finishing up a 17 and a half hour workday, listening to the sweet, sweet free podcast. Go to hell, Shane. Keep up the great horrifarious infotainment. You're welcome. I don't know how you could argue with that. That, that was them. They got the maximum money they thought they could get out of right. a guy at the peak of his vulnerability. And then when he won, it turned out, wait a second. They had the same reaction of everyone else. Wait a minute, he won? I could have gotten a lot more money. They sold Apple stock at $110 and then were pissed. So So their Apple stock before the iPhone came out. Right. Now they're re-skankifying. They're they're getting their skank on, etc. So it's pure greed and always has been. P.S. When you get tired of the conscience of the nation, Shane addressing the fact that um, we're picking increasingly grandiose slogans for ourselves. And the conscience of the nation is tough to beat. He says, when you get tired of it, move on to the arbiters of universal truths. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is good. That's pretty good. That I can good. see a liner that says that in our near future. <laughs> hey, why have we not heard the absolutely flaccid, insufferable association hit Stormy at any point, Michael? Probably because you don't know the song. And why would it's you? It's a terrible song. It's it's a absolutely limp oldie. I'll make sure and play it. Thank you, because our our you know what I'm going to save this. 
its legal analysis, which we requested. That's what Stormy said about Trump in the hotel room. I was afraid he was a limp oldie. Oh, boy. Um, It's a legal analysis of uh, what's going on here uh, from a lawyer, and it is indisputable. Um, The long and short of it is, is, well, if you've been listening to us, you already know what the long and short is. No. Because we got it right, more or less. Our topic here from Josh, the unicorn sales clerk. A sales clerk so beautiful, so rare, so magical as to be compared with the unicorn? Hmm. Guys, I went to my local Stop and Rob, i.e. a convenience store. Wow. For beer, cigarettes, and some lotto tickets. Just kidding. Tic Tacs and a Diet Pepsi. There you go. Stood in line behind people with beer, cigarettes, and lotto tickets. Sure. Emerged with nothing but a clean mouth and a quenched thirst. Hmm. I approached the and some artificial sweeteners coursing through his brain that will probably kill him. That will give him cancer that Stanford will then cure. Exactly. So, who cares? I approached the clerk, and he said nothing, but smiled at me. He rang me up, gestured toward the cash register for how much I owed. I handed him cash. He made change. He then looked at me, gave me an acknowledgement head nod as if to say goodbye. I nodded back and was on my way. He was the unicorn of sales clerks. He said nothing, but was still polite. God bless him. That is the perfect interaction. KTSC MBF, keep those sales clerks mute but friendly. Well, my brother used to manage a uh, convenience store, and I think that situation is different than that. You get all the conversation you want as a sales clerk. Much of your clientele wants to stand there and talk to you all night long yes. because they got nothing else to do. Yes, about their crazy ass and or complaints about life. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was thinking the same thing. Oh, God, a customer that just wants to buy their stuff and leave. Thank you. Has somewhere to go and something to do. Thank you. Oh, here comes old Jim to talk about how his welfare check's always late. Okay. Uh, Brad, with weightier topics, fellas, if a million dollars is an inch long, the national debt is is a a mile and a quarter long. Good day. You know, I'm not sure those comparisons are that helpful. (laughs) Wow, that's a mile and a quarter of national debt and a million dollars. Think about it. I've always always wondered about those my whole life. Anytime it would stretch around the earth twice or go to the moon and back or whatever. I I don't. I don't. Is that a lot? Well, you know, you know, if you said it would go to the the sun and back or the moon and back. I'm you you still made the, the point to me that it's a lot. So I'm not sure, you know. The accuracy of it makes much difference. I, you know, I've got to work on crafting a good way to convey that same information. What's the, what's the current figure that per human being uh, in the United States, the government debt is it sixty eight grand or something like that? I could dial up the de- debt clock, but I would I would say like this: politicians are buying votes with your money. They've already spent you seventy thousand dollars into debt. And they're spending a bunch more this year. I just don't think that means anything because most people feel like they're never going to have to pay that. So who cares? I think that's the feeling most people have. I do love the rock music. Oof. Listen to this whole thing, fellas. You'll never be troubled by an erection again. This is called Stormy. Yes. Okay. Oh, we used to play this on the oldies station. Well, I've luckily blanked that out of my mind. That's a gift. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you I've ever heard this song in my life. Oh, God, we used to play it all the time. <laughs> oh, God. 25 years ago. Yeah, I know. Here, here's the here's the hook. Oh, sing along if you know the words. Oh, Stormy. Oh, Stormy. If I'm 
smoking cigarettes with David Niven and hitting on Ursula Andrus or something. I don't mind drinking with this with my skinny suit on. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. you're tuning us in yeah we'll get to how to roast a chicken with a hair dryer at some point that's it might be the life-changing story of the day do you ever end up in a situation where you have a hair dryer electricity and a roast chicken but not an oven i guess you'll be right just where you need to be and a, and a lust for you know chicken and the inability to order out i guess exactly uh let's get to the news now with marshall Phillips. a new protest in sacramento california tuesday over the fatal shooting a police shooting nine days earlier of an unarmed black man 22 year old stefan clark an overflow crowd turned out at the city council meeting yesterday evening and clark's brother Stevante Clark walked into the meeting and chanted his brother's name. The council then provided the funds necessary to implement the policy. And it was very expensive. Then Stevante jumped on the dais in front of Major Mayor Daryl Steinberg and took over the city council meeting. In my city, y'all hear me? Can you turn? Sacramento, y'all love me? Yes. I said, do y'all love me? Yes. Does the city love me? No. That's when Mayor Steinberg attempted to get control of the meeting, but was shouted down. Stevante, yeah, thank you. Shut him. Shut the f- up, please. No. Tell him we don't hear him He's not the mayor no more. Okay, wait a second. He's now, not so, the mayor no more. So we that's just, how politics works now. We just watched the video. I can't believe they let any dude, anybody, come in there. He comes in there and he starts dancing and flailing his arms around and just walks past the crowd. Into the little circle where all the politicians right. are, right up to the mayor, hops up on his desk. There's no security that stops that from happening. Grab some mic, etc. No, they're afraid. They don't want to make the, the people angry. We're afraid to stop him, Mr. Mayor. We don't know what to do. You told us to be passive. You told us to let them do whatever they want. That's it. It's like when Bernie Sanders let the Black Lives Matter people go up on stage and take the microphone for him and take over. You can't run a society like that. Mm. You can't. Well, the guy just announced he ain't the mayor no more. So, okay. But just from a security standpoint. No, I'm telling you. Did they know who he was? So they were confident they were safe? Were, did, they, did they know him at that point? Well, listen, we both attended city council meetings in various cities lately, and it doesn't matter if they know who you are. If you start doing that, the, the guard, the cops, etc., they're going to take you out. Or at least it's say, hey, get the hell down from there. Everybody was looking on with fear. I don't think we're supposed to say anything. <sighs> Later, protesters... You know what? I tell you what. The whole progressive, flaming white guilt thing is so funny to watch because they end up like Bernie, just unable to just standing there meekly with their head bowed and their spine a-sagging because they just don't know what to do. Now, this is completely separate from the issue of did the police shoot an unarmed guy wrongly and that sort of thing. That's completely separate. Got to get to the bottom of that, 100%. Man, I'm surprised you can can, uh, uh, rush a politician like that. And just take their microphone, and there's no security that stops that. It, it reminds me a great deal of the whole Antifa thing in Berkeley and on various campuses uh, in towns where the the great, brave progressive left was sure they could passive their way out of it if they did nothing, or they just let the angry people run rampant. Then after a while, they'd stop and leave us alone in our homes. But then they finally figured out that doesn't work. 
Later, protesters blocked fans from entering the Sacramento Kings NBA game after doing the same thing last week. Game was played out in front of only a few thousand fans, one of the protesters saying. We're not going to just sit back and do this, you know, praying type of protest. We're going to actually, you know, stand here and, and let our anger and let our emotions be known so they can understand the pain and the anger that's going through these families and these communities. As I discussed with a couple of friends last night, it's a good thing the Kings are a, a, a young and, and building team, but not a playoff team. Because, you know, I've been to plenty of sports games. Some, you know, as teams are driving toward a championship, somewhere, you know, you got tickets, so you go. There would be so much more adrenaline and testosterone in the air if, if Kings Mavericks was like to determine who got into the playoffs or whatever. I mean, people would be fired up as opposed to an evening's entertainment. So but it's a good thing. I, I get this as, uh, you know, it could end up being civil disobedience. You end up getting arrested for blocking the way at a, a, a private company or whatever. And you feel like that price is worth paying to draw attention to your cause or whatever. You know, sure. Hey. I'm, I'm fine with that. I get that. You can't let people rush politicians and get up in their face like that, though. That's not going to end well when, when the word gets out that you can just do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what's ironic is that these people want equal protection under the law, and I absolutely encourage them to do whatever they think is proper in getting that. I happen to disagree with them on some of the, the issues, but um, anybody else tries that sort of thing? Anybody else? Any other? Uh, some lower property tax group or, you know, better schools or something like that. Actually, they might get away with that if it's a progressive thing, but... No, if they, if there was some other organization, some conservative organization, all hell would break loose well, for I, them doing that because you can reason with those people. I hate Daryl Steinberg, but he's the mayor of a city, and you don't get to take away his microphone and take over the city council meeting. That's not the way our democracy works. Right. Another note, the rumors are true. China confirming North Korea leader Kim Jong-un visited the country this week riding in a bulletproof train. China's state-run media saying Kim met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping in what is being described as an unofficial visit. And during that visit, Kim reportedly expressed his willingness to hold talks with the U.S. and his commitment to the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, mm. Beijing spring break. Um, yeah, if that if that's true, you know, and we're taking the Chinese word for it, right? Um, if that's true that he's committed to denuclearization, that's a hell of a thing. I, I find that hard to believe. I would be surprised, although... Unless the Chinese if, have just told him the, the jig is up. Uh, yeah, they might have, or they've assured his security and said, back channels to the U.S. say they're willing to sign on with us, and if they dick with you, then we've declared war on them. So that's a little more ironclad than, for instance, the sacred assurances we gave the Ukraine, among others. Well, the the, the back channel might be, Trump's actually going to attack you. Mm. And you will lose that. According to my sources, Un was supposed to be there for three days, but he broke into the official communist storehouse of Marshmallow Peeps for Easter and ate them all. So you've a gone... A billion people's worth of Peeps. You've gone... And threw them out. You've gone Chris Christie on Kim Jong-un. Just all fat jokes now? <laughs> for a while. See how, see how I enjoy it. So far, so good. My friends... My friends, your child's rubber ducky is a cesspool of dangerous bacteria. Oh, good Lord. These uh, stories. Uh, come on. Matter. Bring the fecal matter. Go Bring ahead. The why, fecal don't you just, why don't you just skip to the fecal matter? Researchers finding almost every rubber duck has fungus and bacterium growing inside of it, and in 80% of them, it's bad enough to get someone sick. 
University of Illinois, and the Swiss if Federal you're a duck liquor and and the Swiss Federal Institute of Aquatic Science and Technology. <laughs> The Aquatic Science Department studying rubber ducks. It's always Switzerland or Sweden. You ever notice that? They got nothing else to do. They found when they cut open rubber duckies, almost all of them had murky water inside filled with that fungus and bacteria. Oh, gross. The bacteria is about, in about 80% of them, bad enough to get you sick, very, very sick. The bacteria, including is a sick enough, including Legionella and a drug-resistant superbug that can be deadly. Rubber ducky, you're the one. If we had one more daughter, we were going to name her Legionella. We uh, Legionella <laughs> Claritin Getty. We had a cool rubby rubber ducky when the yeah. kids were babies that had a little heat sensor in it. Oh, and it would say on the bottom of the rubber ducky, it would light up and say too hot. If the water was too hot, oh. and you could put the rubber ducky in there to get the temp water to right temperature. Nice, nice safety you know, device. I think, I think moms have probably been sticking their finger in the water and saying <laughs> that's too hot and making it work fine for, I don't know, since human beings existed. But no, Tell your wife, honey, I'd rather trust this mechanical duck that costs two ninety nine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the researchers say what you should do is either buy more expensive rubber ducks that are made from higher quality polymers. Mm. Or throw out the rubber ducks your kids play with on a regular basis and swap in new ones. We just use actual ducks, actual real ducklings. How about you just? Uh, <laughs> how about you just suck some bleach up into the thing now and again? Yeah. That's what we did. We cleaned our kids' toys now and again. Or you look around and think, <laughs> hmm, every human being I can see here had a rubber ducky in their tub and they're fine, so I won't worry about it. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Or go to your local cemetery, and I think you can assume about 20% of those people are there because of dirty rubber ducks. What kind of logic is that? You don't know the toll. Oh, boy. Oh, my God, the Rick D's classic. Boy, we're unleashing old, crappy music all morning long on the Armstrong and Getty Show. LA's own Rick Dees with Disco Duck, a huge hit. This was a hit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was number one in America. And you're saying his name wrong. It's Rick Dees. <laughs> That's right. Then he went on to make billions with these Nuts. Oh, jeez. Man, fat jokes in that. Stanford didn't rub off on you. <laughs> uh, new poll out on how Trump would match up against... Uh, Various people for the running for president in 2020. You want to see that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Plus, a careful legal analysis of the Stormy Daniels farce. Okay, cool. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The president, I didn't say he punches back on every single topic. If he did, uh, he would probably be addressing a lot of the stories that most of you write every single minute of every single day. There you go. That's old Huckabee. Talking about uh, why Trump hasn't blasted Stormy. If I stopped to throw a rock at every dog that barked, said Winston Churchill, number one, I'd be a guy who chucks rocks at dogs. 
Number two, I'd be very busy. I think that's what he said, roughly. But uh, Trump has taken the time to blast, uh, you know, never punch down. They say he's punched way down on many occasions. He's paused to chuck rocks at meowing cats and silent squirrels and whatever catches his eye. (laughs) But not Stormy Daniels. Not Stormy. For some reason. No. Uh, I have all sorts of analysis of the Stormy Daniels situation of weight, of substance, which may surprise some of you because I've been poo-pooing this story for quite some time. But number one, this legal analysis from Andy. I'm a recently disbarred California lawyer, but I expect to be reinstated shortly as soon as I pay restitution to a former client for the trauma suffered by your livestock. Wow. So, <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty legal consultant opens with a bestiality, you know, jibe, lovely, at himself. Number one, Trump didn't sign the agreement. That argument. You both landed quickly on the right law. It doesn't matter that Trump didn't sign the agreement. Stormy took the money. They both behaved or performed in the language of the law in conformity with the written agreement. Their actions demonstrate better than words. They intended to be bound by the the agreement. And I'm quoting from California Approved Civil Instructions, number 305. Contracts created by conduct are just as valid as contracts created by words. That's interesting, and uh, it makes sense to me, I suppose, because a technicality of whether or not a signature showed up somewhere shouldn't be as determining as we're all behaving that way. For instance, like, you're paying me per month this much, and Mm -hmm. I've been working. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, He also says it's pretty clear someone is financing her and big. There's a liquidated damages clause in the Peggy Peterson versus David Dennison lawsuit. That's the whole breach of her con. She breached the contract, and they're trying to sell sue her for millions and millions of dollars. Um, it's a million dollars per breach of the contract. Every time she goes public with the affair, it's another $1 million. So her gamble is go for broke, literally. Spill it on 60 minutes. She is unquestionably violating the Hush Agreement. She's worked hard. Uh, she's built a middle-class life for herself, her husband, and her daughter. How can she afford to put all that in jeopardy? She can't unless someone is backing her. Or she that's was... A, that's a educated guess. It's also possible that she was... You know, not far from broke to start with, right? I mean, like a lot of people, she sure. could she could have had a net worth of fifteen thousand dollars, everything included, and thought, right. well, what's the difference between fifteen thousand and zero? Yeah, and you can't get blood from a stone, as they say. So you see it pretty regularly that somebody of her level of success in her chosen field, which right. is skankery, um, will decide. You know what? It's time to go big. Launch Stormy Incorporated. The series of products from oven mitts to uh, insecticide, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, <laughs> oven mitts and insecticide. <laughs> with her beautiful face and large, large boobies on, uh, you know, the logo, et cetera, et cetera. And she, she you know, it, it came up dry and she lost all her money. It happens all the time. I think she needs to play off her name. Rain gauges, maybe. Stormy Daniels rain gauges. Uh, wind vanes. I don't know. Something like that. You know, I'm a can-do guy. I'm a mm. yes guy. I like ideas, but uh, I'm not sure I'd buy one. Uh, let's see, liquidated damages, et cetera. Well, that's a very small print and full of legalese. Oh, that's the actual clause from the contract. You don't think a rain gauge in the shape of those uh, very classy mud flaps that some people have, like the silhouette of a buxomy woman? Oh, right, right. Rain gauge like that. Stormy Daniels rain gauges. Uh, yeah. Sweeps the nation. Yeah, because if you need a silhouette of a sexy-looking gal, put it on your mud flaps. <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> Charlotte in Texas wonders why the uh, so little attention is being paid to the difference between Melania and Hillary handling their husband's infidelities. 
I would say to you, Charlotte, that there are so many, and and her note's fine, it's nice, and we appreciate her listening, but there's so many motives going on here. There's so much money. There's so much power at stake. I think looking at either one of them purely as a wife is incredibly naive or just useless. What's the implication that Melania is doing it right or wrong or Hillary did it right or wrong? Dignity. She's got dignity. She's not going after the attackers. She's dealing with it in-house. She's probably torn up the prenup, et cetera, et cetera. Um, da, 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 da. On one hand, we have a woman who's, who probably just tore up her prenup in her husband's face, then made him eat it. <laughs> on the other hand, the ancient socialist who belts out, stand by your man, as she slides down the steps of her airplane on a worldwide tour in which she is blaming white women for the S show she's made of her life. <laughs> My support is for the dignified, strong, multilingual woman who is keeping calm and carrying on. Well, right, no, she'll never get any credit in the press. You're absolutely right about nah, that. We don't have any idea what's going on in the Trump marriage. I do. I know exactly what's going on because Tim has alerted me. Our final email on the topic. Regardless of how many indiscretions Donald Trump has had, he'll be 72 years old in June and still eats like a teenager. I know that his doctor claimed he's the healthiest person ever to take office, but that could change quickly at his age. That being said, no matter how offended the first lady becomes at his extramarital affairs, when he does eventually pass, she stands to gain a lot more as his wife than as his ex. All I'm saying is that there are billions of reasons for her to be graceful and forgiving at this point. Well, well depending on her prenup. Well, yeah, uh, there's also, well, that would be a mess, though. Um, she, she could be focused on one thing, and, I, and, and some reporters told me this the other day who know about this sort of thing. She could be focused on one thing, and that is raising her young kid uh, through school and, you know, managing that whole thing, which is a full-time job, as we all know, if you've ever done it. She's given up on her philandering man and the marriage and it, a long ago as a romantic endeavor, so she just, just doesn't particularly care. I mean, uh, there's a poll out how Trump would do against various candidates. I want to get to that a little bit later. Not so much to go through it, but just to explain it in case you hear it in the news. Okay? Perhaps the next governor of California next on the Armstrong and Getty Show.